0: So uh, I got I uh I got rid of my OnePlus. Uh I threw it on eBay.
1: Yeah, it it wasn't broken, was it? It was just the uh just the software just sucked, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, the software just sucks. I I've reset it and it it seemed to be working fine. I think I I think I probably just had a bad installation or whatever, but you know, I've got the Pixel now. Um and it sold in 45 minutes.
1: Yeah, oh, I saw you tweet that, I think. Yeah, that that's that's pretty insane. Uh must be a lot of demand for that phone.
0: Yeah, the stock in the UK is, like, really bad. Like, you pretty much can't get it anywhere. Really? So, I, I, before I listed it, I just checked eBay for whatever the lowest price was and put mine £10 less than that. Uh-huh. Um, so, yeah, 45 minutes, and now it's gone.
1: Wow. Yeah, you, got your, you didn't have too much trouble getting yours, though, did you? Like, whenever you bought it in September or August or whenever it was?
0: Well, I bought mine off my friend who accidentally ordered two. That's right. Yeah. Uh, So he'd had waited like a week for both of his, the two that he'd accidentally ordered. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, it would have been like four or five week wait, I think.
1: Oh, okay. Well, speaking of waits, I just got my USB-C Ethernet dongle. Uh, That was a good eight to ten weeks from Belkin. You know, I ordered it at the same time I ordered my new Mac Pro. And I got the, so that was probably middle of November and it just came earlier this week.
0: That's good. At least you can have Ethernet now. <laughs> so, it's ridiculous think... though that
1: that Apple doesn't make this device.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they don't.
1: I mean, it looks an awful it looks an awful lot like, a, you know, an official Apple one. Because I've, I've got, I own the um, the old USB A to Ethernet dongle, and they're they're pretty close. They're I wouldn't be surprised if this one is made by Belkin too.
0: Yeah, it's pretty. It's just really strange that, like, they're selling the future of laptops with USB C, and you know, it, it clearly is the future, but they just don't sell all the dongles, and they're kind of relying on Belkin to, to make some of them. Yeah,
1: it works just fine. I mean, I haven't used it very long, but uh, it seems fine. And the one thing, I guess, the one thing that is a little bit of a disadvantage with having everything be USB C is you can fill up the ports pretty fast, because right now I'm sitting here with. You know, the USB-C to USB-A dongle going into the microphone, and the USB-C to Ethernet going into that, and then the power cable going into another. So that's three out of the four ports right there.
0: Yeah, have you looked into any of these, like, uh, not docks, but, like, these these dongles that have got, like, five or six different ports on, like, USB and SD card and stuff like that? Have you tried any of those? Because I was... I was kind of investigating those the other day. Uh, I haven't buying a laptop yet, but
1: right. I haven't with this. I had one back in the day, maybe made by Griffin. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was Griffin or somebody else, but I had one that went into, I want to say Thunderbolt, maybe that was for our iMac and it had, it had, um, ethernet and it had, USB, um, Firewire, and a bunch of other stuff, right? And also a DisplayPort, I think. Um, and it worked, but then it, it fried itself. It just it stopped working one day. I mean, it it was expensive, too. It was like
0: $300 at the time. Yeah, that seems to be part of the problem at the moment. Is that they're definitely a little bit cheaper than they used to be, but they're still 100, 150 pounds, something like that, but... As I say, I'm going to wait a bit before I buy a new MacBook Pro anyway, but I was kind of just investigating what the dongle situation was, kind of, what will be now, three, four months in.
1: Yeah, it'd probably be good just to let everything shake out. I I like it a lot. I I do notice that I can, I tend to work with a lot of apps open, and so I can really grind the battery down fast. It's not a huge problem for me because I use my laptop at home most of the time, so you know, I usually can plug in somewhere for a while, but if I'm on it for a long time I can you know I can grind the battery down pretty quickly depending on what I'm working on
0: yeah it's definitely been what other people have been saying as well
1: yeah and I think it's a particularly a problem if you do what I do which is having me a million
0: uh safari tabs open all the time yeah, I think that's definitely what kills it. Is when you've got all these all these different tabs open, and you know, presumably you've got something for writing open, and all this kind of stuff. So right, because if I shut off Safari, but the
1: problem is I need Safari open. But if if I limit the tabs, it tends to do a lot better. But it's not
0: unusual for me to have fifty tabs open. Wow, yeah. no, I, I can't cope with more than about six. Yeah, I've been trying oh, I'm to start be... getting a bit stressed about it. Yeah, I'm trying to be better about that, but uh, they just tend to multiply. So um, the Nintendo Switch, yeah, was announced what two two weeks ago now, I guess.
1: Yeah, that's about right. I think it was maybe two a week ago, this past Thursday, something like that. Because um, I I actually stayed up till you know what well, I think it was on at like eleven o'clock at night and watched the Nintendo Direct, uh, and it was interesting because I don't I've never really followed press release type stuff with nintendo and having watched so many keynotes of, uh, of apples it was a very different t- type of presentation
0: yeah I, I watched a few clips uh from the presentation i didn't stay up to watch it and, and i wasn't particularly interested um but yeah they're definitely very very different from the way apple does things
1: yeah they're very it was it was very goofy in a lot of ways um there was a lot lost in translation. I mean, there, th- that was definitely an issue because it was all in Japanese, obviously. and uh, they had you would think that a company like Nintendo that was launching its comeback product that is supposed to that, that's a big deal would probably would hire the best translators that are available. But they had this one guy who just completely lost his train of thought in the middle of part of it, and you could just see people talking on stage and there was nothing. <laughs> and and then he would try to get back kind of on track and, and and translate what was being said, and he'd say a few words, and then he'd pause. And it, it was just this one... They had a bunch of different translators. I don't know, maybe because they were switching between stages or maybe they weren't even in the same location. I'm not even sure what was going on there. But this one guy just... He completely flubbed the whole thing up, and uh, it, was, it was pretty painful to watch. Uh,
0: it, it, so... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I was just going to say, like, obviously the presentation is kind of strange, but in, in terms of the actual console, like, are you are you pre-ordering one? Have you pre-ordered one? I did order one. Uh, I was on the fence
1: in advance, and I almost didn't. And the reason I almost didn't was because the software lineup seemed a little weak from the presentation. Uh, there's really only a couple of games coming out day one, but then there, I think Mario, Mario Kart is coming in April, um and there's a couple in on launch, which I think will be enough, yeah, you because know, there's Zelda on launch, which you know, they save that to the very end. and It got to the point where people are like, Oh, I can't believe they're not talking about Zelda. It's not coming out, it's been delayed, and then eventually they reveal that Zelda's coming out on day one, too. So there'll be that one, and then the one-two Switch game, which is a little bit like Wii Sports. It's you know, it's a bunch of mini games that highlight a lot of the technology that's in the new console. So that'll be enough to kind of keep us, you know, keep me occupied, I think, for the first bit. And then Mario Kart will come out, which should be fun because you'll be able to play online with that one. Um, so I, I pre-ordered it. I was, I was excited about the hardware. I think it's kind of neat that you can pull it out and take it with you. Um, it's, from what I've read, it looks like they've done a pretty good job with, you know, what it, the compromises that have to be made to allow this thing to both work as a handheld device and on a screen. It's not, you know, a TV screen. It's not the kind of, it's not, it's by no means an Xbox or a PS4. It's the usual Nintendo, you know, maybe it's, it's close to, um, I I don't know what it's comparable to, but it's definitely not, you know, next
0: generation hardware by any means. No, definitely not. I think the, one of the biggest problems I've got with it is kind of what you've just said. Like I I get that it's never going to be kind of, you know on feature parity with you know a ps4 or an an xbox one but it's significantly more expensive than you know the the current generation of of playstations and xboxes and i'm kind of going to wait it out and see well presumably by around christmas they're going to start doing actual bundles with you know with you know maybe a game or two or with the pro controller or something like that yeah because right now it gets pretty expensive like it's in the UK, it's two hundred and eighty pound plus another sixty pound for Zelda, pretty much because that's your only option right now. Right, um, and then of course, if you want the pro controller, because looking at the, uh, you know, the the two the Joy-Con things attached to the little plastic thing, yep, I don't think that controller is really going to cut it for me. So I probably want the pro controller. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that's bringing that price up to four hundred ish pounds. Yeah, um, and it's, it's maybe just a little bit much for me to justify buying one right now.
1: Yeah, I, I'm waiting on the Pro Controller. I mean, I think that the Pro Controller, Pro Controller, will be nice to have, um, kind of for the reason you said. Uh, I think that those the Joy-Con controllers, if you use them as independent small controllers, will probably be too small and kind of a compromised version of a controller, although I think that those will probably be used more for when you're doing games on the go, you know, when you take it somewhere and play with someone else in the kickstand mode, that sort of thing. Um, you know, not not like the way you would use it normally. Uh, there is a lot of technology built into the controllers that's kind of cool. There's, just, there's haptic feedback, there's all sorts of gyroscope stuff going on in there. So I think that the controllers are very interesting. Um, and when they're locked into I don't even know what they call that thing where you you put the two little pieces into the bigger plastic piece.
0: <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and then it looks like more like a regular controller. Uh you know that that's I think how most people in most games will use the controllers, I would think um from the beginning. But yeah, I just I thought it was kind of cool. I agree with you that it's a, it's a little pricey at the beginning. I think that they'll I do think by the holidays, maybe that'll come down a little bit, even if it's not that the price drops as much as you'll get more for your money uh, with bundles and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm going to hold off on the Pro Controller. One thing that I think is kind of cool is you can buy the dock separately for I think it's about 80 or $90 US. Uh, and the nice thing about that is you know ours will be normally installed down in the basement of our house, but if I have another dock, I can just plug it in upstairs or somewhere else or take it along somewhere uh, and use it that way as well without having to dismantle, you know, the setup we have for where it will normally live in the house.
0: Yeah, that's definitely an interesting um, proposal. And, and, you know, there's been some people saying, oh, a base is $90. But I mean, you you don't have to buy it. It's, you know, it's entirely optional. Um, I do think there's a couple of unanswered questions that I can't quite work out. I mean, the first one is, Um, about the little the joy-con kind of holder that converts it to a controller um from what i was reading you can't charge that while like charge the joy-con controllers while playing Mm -mm. um you have to buy like a separate charging holder that is basically the same but you can actually charge that um so that's kind of a little bit concerning because let's be honest i don't know how long they're going to last but i can't imagine if i'm sat there for four or five hours playing Zelda, they're going to last the whole time, necessarily. Right. Um, there was something interesting with the Pro Controller as well. They do a wired Pro Controller for about half the price. Um, and, and I'll be honest, I'm not that bothered about wireless controllers because I don't sit that far away from my TV anyway. Right. Um, so that could definitely be an option for me to just buy the wired version instead and save a little bit of money.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it would have been nice if they'd thrown in the 1-2-Switch Uh, title as well just because it's designed to show off the technology and you know that's what they did with Wii Sports and that's that in large measure is what got the uh, the Wii to take off.
0: Yeah I kind of can't with one two switch I can't work out I feel like the only reason that's gonna sell is because it's only one of like four or five launch titles.
1: Well that's exactly why I bought it because it's 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 all it's the only option I've got.
0: Uh, Yeah exactly I mean I, I agree with you I think it doesn't feel like a, a full game that you should be paying like, you know, full price for. Um, it really should be included with the console. I think um, it's about ten dollars cheaper. Right. Okay. So it's so it's a little bit cheaper, but it's still an expensive game. Right. Um, you know even if even if you could get they did some bundles with One Two Switch where you, you know, maybe get the game for say ten or twenty dollars on top of the, the console price. But mm-hmm. uh Yeah, I think one, two, switch. As much as it looks cool, I doubt. I very much doubt I'm ever going to buy that. Right.
1: Yeah, I, I pre-ordered a bunch of stuff mainly because I figure I can always uh, I can always cancel these as the as the dates come up. But right now, looking through Amazon, it looks like Super Bomberman is coming out on March third, which looks like an interesting game. <coughs> um, then there's Zelda and One, Two, Switch, with Super Mario Kart coming at the end of April. Very close to the very end of April, and then the other ones don't have official dates yet, um, other than what they said on stage. You know, Splatoon's coming. Something called Arms, which looks interesting. It's a boxing game.
0: Sure, but where you yeah, have yeah, I like, did see that one?
1: Did you see that one?
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I did see the see the video for that. Yeah, so that looks pretty good. Um,
1: I don't know. I'm I'm excited about it. I'm actually a little surprised that you're not uh, you're not ordering one or aren't interested
0: in it. I thought you. I mean, you do have you have a Wii U right and and a Wii. Uh, no, I have a Wii. I don't have a Wii U. Oh, okay. Um, and the Switch has actually... Because I have been eyeing up the Wii U for a while. Uh-huh. Um, you know, just keeping an eye on the price until it comes down, which it's not going to do. <laughs> um, but the two games that I wanted to play on the Wii U, which was Zelda, uh, whichever one they released for the Wii U, the remake. Yeah. Uh, uh, plus Mario Kart and, and presumably Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Now that all of those well I mean the Zelda remakes not but like Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart are coming out for the Switch I'm kind of you know I'm not even bothering with the Wii U now.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a pretty typical Nintendo thing to do too because they did that when the when the Wii U came out the um I forget which Zelda title it was but the A Zelda title came out on both Wii U and Wii.
0: Yeah, it's 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 kind of strange and I think I would be concerned for the people that all. Or if I, you know, if I was Nintendo, I'd be concerned the people that already own a Wii U. Um, you know, two of the big titles they're talking about they can already get. Um, right. I mean, I know Mario Kart has got some extras on the Switch, but it's still basically the same game. Um, so that might hurt their sales somewhat, but you know, I think in general the Switch is pr- a pretty compelling uh, console, but. I just, I've i got quite a big backlog of games to play on the PS4 and Xbox One, so I'm, I'm not in a huge rush to run out and, and, and get one.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, I have found that this kind of game system is probably better for me anyway, because I just don't spend a lot of time playing games. And so things like this, which are a little less complex and more casual and don't require a big investment of time to have fun, uh, are probably better suited to me anyway, which is why I got
0: one. Oh yeah, I, I as I say, I can completely. I, I, I'm, I'm I'm very very interested in it. I just I feel like I want the price to be a little bit less. You know, for me, I just don't want to pay quite as much as as they're asking for right now.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely um definitely an investment. Um, it'll so it's come, It's one thing, pleasant surprise. It's coming March third, so that's really only you know I don't know what six or so weeks away. Uh, so that 's pretty quick it seems to have sold out most places in the u s although i don 't think that 's really particularly indicative of anything. I mean, if you look at the NES classic, uh, they just didn 't make enough of those. You know it may be the same, yeah. may, may be the same situation here. You know I still go looking for an NES classic every now and then, and i can 't find it
0: no i i 've looked a, a few times in, in you know various different retailers in the u k they 've never got any stock
1: yeah I don't know. It's very strange what I mean it's like printing money if they could just make uh three or four times as many, I think they'd sell a ton of them because they're not they're not expensive. It's what it's something like sixty dollars I think here
0: uh yeah, I think it's like fifty pound here or something right um so yeah, it's not a lot of money, and yeah you're absolutely right. If they were actually available, I mean I'd probably give them fifty pound for one.
1: Did you see that people are hacking them now and putting extra games on?
0: yeah, I did see that. I guess um, I
1: guess it's easier to do on Windows than on a Mac to do the actual hack. Whatever you have to do to do that.
0: Yeah, it certainly seems like it. I mean, I had, do have a Raspberry Pi with a couple of like USB fake NES controllers, um, mm-hmm. so I can kind of do a lot of that anyway. Um, but yeah, it's you know it's kind of interesting that you can do it with the actual official Nintendo box. Um, of course, it's only if you can actually get your hands on one.
1: Yeah. No, what was that what's that emulator that they have that works on the Apple TV? What's that called again?
0: Uh Provenance. Yes, yes.
1: We installed that. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's really nice. Um I mean it's the it's pretty much the only use I've had out of the uh, the controller I bought for the Apple TV. But... Yeah,
1: no, I, I hear you. It's uh, I haven't used it a lot, but it's kind of interesting to play. Uh, I've been testing a an upcoming emulator for iOS called Delta that's coming out at some point. And it's <laughs> They they initially issued it through uh, through test flight through <laughs> some I think some deceptive means with uh, with Apple and got found out and got it yanked from from test flight so they're doing they're looking for other ways to distribute their beta now uh, but it's 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 really well done and it's some college kids college kids at University of South Carol- uh, Southern California I think cool. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of interesting, but you know, it's at the point now where it's um, it's still early days. And as nice it is as it is to have an emulator on iOS, you know, using a touchscreen for those kind of games just isn't that great. No, definitely not. Um, the you know the other game that I got, Rob, that I want to tell you about is Poochie and Yoshi's Woolly World. That's for the 3DS, um, and I just saw the trailer. I ran into it the other day because. And this is probably, you know, this is, of course, why, people, why these, these brands have, have YouTube channels is that if you subscribe to them, uh, they can basically pitch products to you constantly, which is what <laughs> which this one came across <laughs> across my feed. And I was like, oh, this looks like a lot of fun. And it's just one of those uh, Yoshi and his sidekick Poochie, who's a little dog, are yarn characters. And uh, it's a platformer based on those characters. Uh, and it supports Amiibo and, and things like that. And it look, I don't know. It looks kind of fun. So I, I had to order one of those, too.
0: Um, and when's that that's coming out What, the next few weeks or something, yeah fe- it, or?
1: february 3rd i think at least in the u.s so uh it looked pretty yeah,
0: cool it looks good to it. i mean i i hadn't seen it until you mentioned it uh just before we started recording i mean it yeah it looks fun and i kind of agree with you like it it's it, it looks like a an ios kind of android mobile game um and i think you know you've kind of said this before like that's what you're that's where you tend to invest more time rather than Kind of big AAA titles, spending you know twenty hours playing them or whatever.
1: Right, right. Well, and the reason I ended up—that's exactly the reason I ended up following the Nintendo channel too—is because now that they're doing some iOS games, um, I've been keeping track of where those are going um, for Mac stories. And like last week, there was an announcement about Fire Emblem coming out on iOS, and it was—it was pretty funny because they did a—they did one of these Nintendo directs, which is a, a you know a short live video. Highlighting games, and they had they have Fire Emblem coming out on 3DS and Switch and on iOS. So there's a bunch of different titles coming out. Um, but when they got to the mobile version, they showed it off, and at the end, it said, and "I'm not going to remember the exact date." It said, "What you know, coming on whatever date it is," and then it said, "And uh, for Android, and coming soon on iOS," which was a really real big surprise because up until yeah. now, most of Nintendo's, um, you know, most of the press they've been issuing on on doing mobile games has been related to iOS, even though they are doing Android as well. And within two hours, there was a, an official tweet issued by Nintendo clarifying that they're coming out on the same day on iOS. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody made a call uh, from Cupertino, I think. Sure. It's one of those. Yeah, they,
0: um, I don't know if you saw, but Mario Run uh, has finally got a date for Android. I saw that. Uh, I think it's like 3rd of March, maybe. I think it might be the Switch release day. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah, that's... I mean, they've had a page up for a while. I think you might remember I tweeted, probably over Christmas in December sometime, the like pre-register page, but yeah, it finally actually has a, a date for release.
1: Yeah, it's always interesting to me, kind of the what's not said in a lot of these press releases, because right after the video, Nintendo put out a press release, and iOS wasn't mentioned in the press release even once. Um, they didn 't mention android either i i don 't think um, but i don 't know it It was one of those things little criminology there trying to figure out exactly what was going on i i did it did make me wonder whether the experience on iOS with Super Mario run has been so bad that that um maybe Nintendo was backing away but i don 't think that 's probably the case
0: uh, that seems unlikely. I'm sure they're making plenty of money on iOS.
1: Well, they this week they dropped out of the top 50 for the first time.
0: Oh, really? Yeah,
1: of grossing, and it's not. I think it's grossing, and it's not uh, not really been that long since it came out, and they haven't. I haven't looked recently, but for the longest time, they had an average star rating of about one and a half stars because people were Mm. so unhappy with having to pay. Yeah. Uh, So it's not been. Without its issues at least from making customers happy, so I don't know we'll have to see I think they could have done a lot better with that launch than they did um, but and but part you know part of it is just the way the app store works though too
0: yeah of course um I mean, i'm I'm kind of interested to try it because uh, I'd already got rid of got rid of my iPhone before uh, it came out on iOS so I haven't actually played it yet right um, and I don't have an iPad that I want to use like the iPad we have is way too slow. It's yeah. like an original Mini maybe, right? Um, so I'm I'm just gonna wait till it comes out on Android and, and give it a try.
1: Yeah, it's a good game, and you know if you if you actually what I think when people first use it, they don't realize is that it's a very Nintendo game, and that if you clear the special coins in a level, it, it basically makes the level like a new level because it changes the the landscape and you have to go then for, like, you know, go from the purple coins to the black coins. And uh, so there's, like, levels within levels, basically, and there's all sorts of hidden things and very much, you know, Super Mario style that I think when people first looked at it and were trying to do their their real quick hot takes about it, thought, mm. oh, this is not a very deep game. It's like, well, you haven't really tried
0: to <laughs> to play the game properly, you know? <laughs> yeah. But... So, uh, should we jump into our last kind of little small topic?
1: Yeah, we were going to talk a little bit about Twitter and how we use it. And I guess the reason I was thinking about this yesterday, Rob, when we were texting back and forth about it is that I I use Twitter basically to keep in touch with friends and for getting tech information of various kinds and, um, you know, yesterday, yesterday's Twitter was very much a political Twitter, which I have no problem with that. It's just not the Twitter that I'm interested in, and so I did some, set up some mute filters, and very quickly realized that that Twitter dried up for me. So I just walked away from it. Um, and yeah, I man, it is what it is. But and I'm sure it'll be back to mostly tech stuff by by Monday. Uh, but it got me thinking a little bit about what is it about Twitter? What what am I? What do I go to Twitter for? How do I use it? And 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 that sort of thing. How about you? What do you what do you kind of use it for?
0: Yeah, so it's there's a few different things. I mean, you know, kind of like you said, like chatting with friends. You know, me and you chat on there, and you make jokes about plastic bags to me whenever you can, and cat food. I need to put up <laughs> set up a reminder to do that again because it's been a little while. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, it's like chatting with friends and news is is you know is a fairly obvious one. I follow not too many. Um, I follow, you know, a couple of tech places, I I follow like Daring Fireball and Mac Stories. Um, and then, you know, I follow it if, if there's like a Kickstarter or something, but I'm not that invested in the Kickstarter, I'll follow the company so I can wait and see when it's actually released and I can just buy it then. Right. Um, so in some ways it's like, you know, uh, kind of like how I was using RSS when, you know, when I used to use RSS a few years ago, um... Because the other problem is I hate email so I'm not signing up for people's newsletters. So I tend to follow them on Twitter so that I can just see it there. Yeah. Um and then, you know, I follow a lot of a lot of other developers, um, you know, developers like me who I know or, or whatever, but also developers at, you know, Facebook who are building stuff like React and Redux and things like that. Um, just to kind of keep up to date with what's going on there as well.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's funny you mentioned like newsletters and RSS. I I have kind of gone back to both of those things, but I've I've implemented things to make those work better for me. Um, the problem I, I've always had with newsletters is that it's very easy to, for them to start clogging up your inbox if you don't read them right away. So. Uh, I've been using SaneBox with my email, which will take those and drop them all into a folder. Uh, and then when I have time to read them, I can go there and do it without it all being dumped into my inbox. So that that's worked out pretty well for me so far. SaneBox has probably done more to clean up my inbox than anything I've tried in the past. And I like it because it's um, server-side, and that way I can use whatever email a client I want on whatever platform and don't have to rely necessarily on just the the features of a particular email client. Um, RSS, I've been actually doing, I've I've started to resubscribe to those huge fire hoses um, from big media companies like The Verge and Engadget and things like that. But I've been using InnoReader to create filters that will pluck just the topics out of those feeds that I'm interested in, which then creates its own feed, which I can feed into yet another RSS reader. So it's a little Rube Goldberg, but it works. (laughs) (laughs) So I have feeds feeding a feed of basically Apple news. Um, So that's just how I keep up on what's going on kind of day-to-day when I'm writing news stories for Mac Stories. Um, I don't like to have a ton of news in my Twitter feed. I do have a few big news sites that I follow just to kind of see the headlines and what's going on in the world, Um, and a few tech-related sites, blogs, and things that – That I get information from, but for the most part, it's people. Um, You know, for instance, if you follow since since I do a weekly game review, following game developers is a great way to get recommendations on games because they're usually tweeting about not just their own games but games that they've played. They they know games, so when they say this is a really cool game, it's worth checking out.
0: Yes, as you say, it's kind of it's just a great way to kind of get recommendations. You know, whether it's games or you know, me following developers and somebody go, oh, I'll check out this tool or, you know, whatever. Um, One of the other kind of, I guess, secret ways I use Twitter is I have a a Twitter account that's private that only I follow. Um, And I've got various different things feeding into that. Like, it it shows me the weather in the morning. Um, I've got a couple of RSS feeds that go into there and it just auto-tweets those for me. Um, Just because I don't really want a full-blown... RSS kind of workflow or whatever I don't want to f- follow too many right. um so I just kind of feed a couple of RSS feeds into this private Twitter account which I follow um and I can kind of dump stuff there that that I want to look at as well yeah that's that's a good
1: idea how many here's here's a question for you how many Twitter accounts do you have that you are i guess managing uh
0: let me open tweetbot right now and I will tell you uh one Two, three, uh, so so four four accounts total that that I'm kind of using one, regularly. Yeah,
1: I guess I have currently six of my own, and then I've got three Max Stories ones here, so nine total. Wow! But I don't. Oh no, it's ten actually. It's one, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, I have seven of my own. In three Mac Stories ones here, but like the Mac Stories ones, I don't, I don't per- use a lot. I mean, I have them; they're there for if I need them to use them. But I do not take the lead on those. So, uh, I've got three here for products, you know, iOS products that we've that Owen and I have built. I've got one joke, joke one, uh, which you might you might recall, and uh, one for an upcoming project that's just an egg right now, and then mine and the umbrella Squibner one, which is just you know the whole company thing.
0: Sure. So. Yeah, I did. There's definitely a few others that I have that I I don't have in in Tweetbot because uh, I I searched for my username the other day, and I don't know why I set this account up, but there's a username imac and then my username, so it's at imacrmnurseuk, and I have no idea what I set it up for. Huh. Um, I don't know what the email address is. I don't know what the password is, but I obviously have a few more accounts that I'm I'm not actually using right now. That you don't even exist. have an iMac, do you? Yeah, I have an iMac. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it's, the iMac is in the Lego room. Oh, all right, all right. Uh, you don't use um, that to record, the, though, right? No, 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 no. This, oh, no, this this iMac, uh, I had to replace the hard drive myself. Oh, right, I remember that. And uh, so... The the hard drives that used to come with them, and I don't know if it's still the case, are uh, proprietary to Apple, and they have a temperature gauge on them. So if you put a third party hard drive in, you have to run third party software to keep the fans running properly. Oh um, wow! No, this, this iMac is. I mean, if it died, if I went up there now, turned it on, and it was broken, I'd probably just put it in the bin. Sure, um, it, it's kind of on its last legs, but. You know, it works for me up there, rather than having to take my laptop up there all the time.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and as many as I have here, I really, I really only use regularly my own personal one. The other ones are are pretty limited.
0: Yeah, it's definitely uh, kind of like you. It's mostly just my account, and I, I tweet fairly regularly from the Devs Do Design account as well. Yep. Um, although that's not always me because all four of us have access to that account. Um, so you can never quite tell who's been tweeting from it.
1: Yeah, which is always a little weird. That's why I like try to keep my fingers out of the Mac Stories ones for the most part, just because I figure it's it's better if one person does the majority of tweeting
0: from an account. Yeah, definitely. And then, I mean, at work we have, you know, Twitter accounts for you know our company and uh, you know a couple of our products. Um, right. I think I have access to those. Like I have the passwords, but you know, I don't. I generally. Don't go on there unless I absolutely need to.
1: Yeah. So, the other, I guess the other thing I would mention is just how I deal with um, the volume of Twitter. And I used to be more of a completionist than I am now. I, I've kind of let that go because it's just too much. Like, overnight Twitter, you know, I follow an awful lot of people in Europe. So, usually I wake up to, I'd say, between 150 and 250 tweets, depending on when I go to bed. Um, and I just like kind of scroll through that very quickly. Um, just looking for mostly at that point of the day, early in the morning, mostly just looking for news to cover, um, and, and look and see what, what you're up to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and then I use, I use mutes a lot. I mean, just because I'm trying to limit what I'm, I'm, like I said, I think I'm there for a particular reason and it's mostly tech related. And so if Twitter takes a hard left into some sort of tangent, regardless of whether it's, uh, politics that I either agree with or disagree with or anything, um, or it's cats for that matter. I, I, I liberally mute just to, even if it's only temporarily so that both keywords and people sometimes, um, in order to keep the volume down and the topics to what I, I'm um, I'm there to read.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a few, like you, I will, you know, if there's a, if there's something big happening where there's a, uh, a hashtag, that people are using and I'm just not interested in it for whatever reason, I will mute it. Um, right. You know, a, a really good example of this is Christina Warren tweets about the bachelor every week. Yes. Um, Unfortunately, she, she loves used, that it, show. Right. And she uses a hashtag, which I appreciate because I can mute it. <laughs> yeah. Cause she's very responsible and always uses a hashtag. Um, so, you know, that that's a good example of something that I will mute because there's no scenario in which I'm going to care about that. Um
1: right, but you don 't want to unfollow Christina or mute Christina entirely because she 's got a lot of interesting things to say so i i 'm the same way i don 't care about
0: The Bachelor, but I do care about hearing what she has to say exactly responsible tweeting people use your hashtags um, <laughs> um and, you know and there's a few of these like novelty accounts that you know the kind of accounts where it it pretends to be a celebrity and makes jokes as if they 're that celebrity there's you know there's i don't know tom hanks ones and stuff like that i'll generally mute those because i just i'm just not particularly amused by them right um you know i'm I'm happy to see actual celebrities i guess retweeted or whatever but when it's like a parody account i really don't care so i generally kind of mute them if i see them more than
1: two or three times right i used to follow some parody accounts like the not johnny ive one and things like that and i they're they're funny, but a lot of times they're just noise, so I've unfollowed most of the parody accounts that I used to follow.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think it really depends on the parody account. Like, I think, you know, Not Johnny Ives is, is is funny for the most part. Um, but a lot of these, like, kind of general, like, A-list celebrities, like, actors and things, these accounts kind of present themselves as if they are that actual person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they have millions of followers and, and, and all it says at the end of their bio is parody, right? right? It's it is kind of frustrating because I don't know whether people are retweeting it because they think it's the celebrity or, or whatever, but yeah, I generally kind of mute those as well.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's about, I guess that's about it for me and Twitter. I mean, it's, I don't know, it's It's always evolving. It's one of those things that I, I'm very careful about the number of people I follow, mainly because I just don't want to deal with any more volume than I've already got. Uh, and and Twitter is hard to, it, it, it fills both such a personal and kind of business role for me that it's very hard to know if i'm there waste uh, if if i'm there procrastinating or if i'm there doing something productive <laughs> if you know what yeah. i mean yeah so yeah
0: cuz i you know i use it you know I, I pretty much have it open all day at work um, right. you know and I'll, I'll i'll jump back in and out if somebody says something or you know when i'm taking a break or whatever you know i'll i'll read it um and a bit like you i it's kind of weird cuz on the one hand there is personal stuff going on there, you know, just me and you chatting, that's not really helping me do my job. Um, I
1: try, but I, I'm not not—I'm not much of a web developer.
0: <laughs> um, you know, but at the same time, I'm following, you know, GitHub for changes there, and, you know, developers tweeting about libraries and packages and frameworks and this kind of stuff, so that is useful, because um, I'm not sure where else I would get that information otherwise. Yeah, what you're telling me is you're there for the packages. Uh, I'm there for the packages, yeah, that's it.
1: Okay. Um, yeah, no, no I, I know exactly what you mean. I'm, it's kind of a similar situation for me. So, uh, as a result, what I try to do is I try to stay out of Twitter and just jump in for and get caught up for chunks of time, kind of in between things that I'm working on.
0: Yeah, it's kind of the. I feel like that's kind of how I treat it as well. Um, and it sounds like we've both got about the same kind of volume because uh, when I get up in the morning, I normally have between 150 and 200 tweets as well. Yeah. Um, but of course, mine is all the the evening Americans. <laughs> yeah. So, <you> know.
1: <laughs> well, for you, it's all the Californians. I'm sure that you there's no way you can possibly um, be up as late as they are. Um, and then then the other is always the Australians too, right?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, as well. <laughs> but, uh, cool. Well, should we uh, should we wrap it up for this week? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Okay. Uh, show notes will be uh, ruminatepodcast dot com slash thirty seven. Uh, I am on Twitter at rm lewis uk, and uh, John, where can people find you?
1: At John Voorhees.
0: Perfect, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks.
1: Okay, see you later, Rob.